I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Grasso with the Indie Spirituals Podcast on the Be Here Now Network. And my guests today are Belle of the Fall, otherwise known as Tracy Walton and Julia Autumn Ford. Hello, Tracy and Julia. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, And you guys are, we're, we're talking from the road. You're somewhere on the East Coast, maybe North Carolina. You're not sure, but... uh because you're you're actually on, on the tour. 95 corridor, we decided. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, maybe in Virginia, maybe in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. So for the audience listening, they're on tour right now. Something I very much can relate to, and it's so easy just to completely have no idea where you are when you're out. And you guys tour constantly, which we'll talk about. But um, before we get into that, I wanted to read the bio, let the audience know a little bit about you, and then we'll hop right in. So. Belle of the Fall is Tracy Walton and Julia Autumn Ford, excuse me, an indie folk rock pop alternative American duo from Connecticut. Belle of the Fall met when Tracy produced Julia's debut solo album in 2014 at his studio, On Deck Stu- Sound Studio. They spent the better part of the next year touring together as solo artists. Eventually, they began to play on each other's sets and sing harmonies together. In July of 2015, Tracy and Julia wrestled with the idea of remaining separate solo artists or committing to a duo. They obviously chose the latter. Tracy's weathered voice and upright bass seem to be built to complement the world-class vocals of Julia. Tracy owns On Deck Sound Studio in Connecticut, and Julia now works there in the videography department. In April of 2016, Bell of the Fall released their debut album, Earthbound, 23 states and 175 gigs later, and they are about to release their second full length on April 6th titled Rise Up. Some quick facts. In 2017, they were Critics' Choice Award recipient in the Richmond International Film and Music Festival. Bella Fall has a partnership with Taylor Guitars. I did not know that. I'm jealous. Wow. Cool. I, I do play a Martin, admittedly, but I do love a Taylor. I'm, I'm a Martin guy, but Taylors are great. In, 20, in 2016, Bell of the Fall toured uh, to South by Southwest, 
to showcase with telefunk and microphones. Bell of the Fall has been described as a modern-day Simon and Garfunkel, if Garfunkel was female and the shorter of the two. I really like that. And there's a couple of uh, actual quick um, reviews about you guys I wanted to share. I, I really dug these. Acoustic folk duo Bell of the Fall has proven that musical soulmates do, in fact, exist. And that's from Vents Magazine. And then Block Island Music Fest had to say, to say that Bell of the Fall lead singer Julia Autumn Ford possesses the voice of an angel is beyond obvious. Soft, tender, and raw all at once, Julia's vocal delivery is light as a feather, yet powerful enough to knock down an entire city block with one churn of a face. Her partner in crime, bassist Tracy Walton, rounds out Bell of the Fall's folky yet modern sound. You will want to take note of this performance at its, as it's one of those I saw them when they were still playing bars moments. And I really dig that because that's how I felt, you know, the several times that I've seen you guys play. Um, I have to laugh. I was thinking about this earlier when I knew we'd be doing the podcast and you were both gracious enough to play um, my when my second book came out. You played the official book launch of that. And I remember thinking I made the mistake of having you play before I went to speak because you guys are amazing. You killed it. And then I'm like, well, fuck, I have to go on and now actually do a book talk <laughs> after these guys just like awed this room, you know, for half hour, 45 minutes, however long it was. Um, so it's an honor to have you guys on. You know, I'm a huge fan. I absolutely adore your music. Um, this is the first show of its kind. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Um, so I've talked enough. Let's let's hear a little bit about your guys' story. I mean, I we went over the basics of how you came together, but I'd love to hear a little bit about each of you separately. Like, what, what got you started in music? You know, what was your inspiration? Maybe any bands, musicians, parents, I, you know. Uh, we'll start with Tracy. How about you? Perfect. First, I want to say that Oh, yeah, I don't know why that's perfect. Oh, it might. Uh oh, we're 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 low on battery. So okay. so, anyways, first I wanted to say that it was very interesting. I've never given any consideration that we could be Bell of the Fall, not Bell of the Fall. Ah, that's which, but I and but I really like it. I almost yeah. like it better, like Bell yeah. of the Fall. You know, like I do. But then you started saying the Fall after, and I said, oh, okay, I guess it's over. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> But I do like that. It's, a, it's an interesting thing that, to think that we could be labeled that way as well. Um, See, for me, I, I started, I was, um, I was, I was kind of taken by the guitar players as a young kid. Um, my brother um, is like five years older than me and had a, you know, huge record collection, which turned into a CD collection. And back when stereos were like really stereos, and he had a Kenwood with, you know, the giant speakers and, you know, the beanbag oh, yeah. and the whole thing where, um, <laughs> you know, for me it was ACDC. Um, I remember hearing Back in Black and, and just yeah. being blown away. He's still one of my favorite guitar players. For sure. I think um, he's highly underrated as a player just in, in general. You know, I think everyone yeah. thinks of him as um, the showman and everything else. But, I mean, he's really a great blues player. Um, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, Zeppelin and certainly then and then probably for me, the first band that I really latched on to was was Black Sabbath. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, 
so that was kind of it. And I went like everyone else and took lessons and, and, and they put me in Mel Bay one and, and I had to play cockles and muscles and all that stuff and really wasn't feeling it. Um, cause I wanted to play, you know, Sabbath tunes and, and, um, but that was it. So I started when I was 10 and, and from there it was kind of the same thing. I, I got into hardcore and, um, you know, heard black flag and minor threat and all those bands. And that was really when I started playing, um, I was in a band called Slaughtered Remains, which was um, <laughs> great name, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, just just kind of a hardcore band. And, we, and then we played around and and um, did that thing. And then um, <clears throat> eventually I was I was trying to just figure out how to make it um, actually make money and do it like for for a living. And, and uh, for some reason, I thought like playing jazz and upright bass would be a good career choice. <laughs> um, and I went and studied at the Hartford Conservatory with a guy, Dave Santoro. Um, and uh, yeah, just been playing ever since. I started at that point, I went on to do some teaching. I taught at the National Guitar Workshop. I wrote for Alfred Books for a while. So I have, you know, instructional books out. Um yeah through them bass playing books and uh yeah i guess i, I don't know what else, what am i missing and then you know just everything else playing in bands and, and teaching and, and kind of doing the full-time thing where i started the recording studio and um like with with any professional musician who's not you know there's two kinds of professional musicians there's keith richards who just plays rolling stones music because right. he's a rolling stone all the rest of us have to actually do a bunch of stuff to shake the bag at the end of the year and say like, oh, I made a living. So right. there's a little bit of teaching income. There's some studio income. There's, you know, uh, gigging income and the whole thing and book royalties and whatever. And some years there's more of others. And um, and that's it. And now there's a heavy dose of Bell of the Fall that's <laughs> kind of taking up all my time. So uh, you're preaching to the choir. I understand. I don't know if you can see my mug. Uh but it says, I like my coffee, like I like my Sabbath. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Huge, huge Sabbath, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, and there's still, there's still my, you know, yeah, I still, um, we listened to Mob Rules on the ride uh, just just uh, the other day. We were, yeah. Julia asked, we, we both asked, if, if you could be any other singer, who would it be? Hmm. And I was, I, I always say I'd be Dio. You know, there's just. Nice. Yeah, he's like, if I could sing like Dio, I'd trade today. You know, done. <laughs> Let's do it. So I played. We I played her mob rules for that, and then I played. There's an old, um, what is the tune? There's a cartoon that Roger Glover did. Oh, I'm not, I don't. Standing. <laughs> yeah, so all you need is. I guess it's all you need is love. Is the tune? It's actually a Dio. A Dio plays the the character of of a cartoon frog. Really, and sings lead in this cartoon. If you and it's killer stuff, like it's full orchestra, and it's still Dio singing. He actually sings more, so there's a little. It's not as metal, but there's still you can tell it's Dio right off the bat. It's almost like when uh, Ian Gillen did Jesus Christ Superstar. Ah, oh, have like, to wow. look that up. Yeah, I'll, absolutely, it's killer. I used to work with kids, and I'll never forget. Um, there was one day it was at an after school program, and we had. 
we usually didn't let them watch TV, but on Fridays we'd be a little laxed and uh, SpongeBob SquarePants came on and there's an episode where Pantera does the music and it says right in the beginning, like music by Pantera. And I was like, what the hell? Like on SpongeBob SquarePants, it was nuts. But um, anyways, it's, it's cool when you're able to combine that kind of stuff different. I mean, different, no Jesus Christ superstar, but Pantera and SpongeBob, pretty interesting. Absolutely. Cool. So thank you, Tracy and Julia. Um, I also know, and I don't know if you're, you know, I want to hear about the music, but I know, you know, you've went through your own struggles as well. And we talk a bit about that. Actually, that's what a lot of this show is about. Um, so I don't know if that has played into your cathartic healing and your music. And um, if there's any of that you wanted to share about as well, or if you just want to talk about your music, I mean, whatever you're up for. Whatever, you know, um, yeah, I'm fine with that right now. Are you? Yeah, we're working. We're recording. Okay. Yeah, the record button. It's go time. <laughs> yeah, it's go time, girl. Um, where shall I start? <laughs> uh, still like aiming at the musical background type thing. That um, question. Yeah, I mean, did it did it play into you picking up the guitar or, or yes. you know? Okay. Well, so- picking up the guitar but um yeah I've always kind of I've always been drawn to music and I've always been drawn to writing the Mm -hmm. first job that I wanted um I never wanted to be a princess I never wanted to be like any of that stuff but I the first thing I wanted to be was a writer yeah and um and yeah I grew up playing piano at the house and um I started playing euphonium and tuba in school and then eventually I picked up guitar when I was like 15 yeah um but I didn't start writing my own music until I was like 16 and that kind of had something to do with the, um, with depression and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always, it's always weird to try to word these types of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think when I was like 16, I started, or maybe 15, 15, 16, I got really, really depressed and it was like my junior or senior year. And um, that uh, that's kind of when I stopped going partying every night and I stopped all the extracurricular stuff and I just wanted to really be at home and just by myself in my room. And that's kind of when music became something bigger for me and I just, um, yeah, I didn't want to hang out with anyone. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to go home and, like, learn songs and stuff. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, when I was, like, late 16 or something like that um yeah i i kind of it was the big night that kind of changed my course my path in life i think where i was just having like an awful day and everything just kept going wrong and i was just in a terrible place for so long and i just was at the end of it like i um there was just zero hope or, or anything positive in me at that point and so yeah i was i was um, heavily debating, like taking my own life and, mm. and whatnot, and um, and then it, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird to tell this story, and I guess I don't because part of it I don't really have a story to tell. You know, I I was thinking about it and I was in position to do it, and then I opened my eyes and I was like playing guitar, and I was towards the end of of uh, the first song I ever wrote, which was "Don't Give Up on Me." Right. So there's kind of like a blackout moment where I don't really know how I got from point A to point B, but I opened my eyes and I was just like filled with like 
you know, hope and happiness and like, wow, I just took all this shit that I've been going through and I put it into something that I can look at and, and love and be proud of and um, eventually share with people. I didn't think about that at that point, but, um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the point when I started just writing songs and it became very therapeutic for me to, mm. to write and to play. Beautiful. Well, I thank you for sharing that. You know, it's, I know it's not always easy to talk about. I mean, I, you've read my books and I've had my own experiences. And as I was saying to you guys, before we started, I spent the day every other Wednesday, I work with youth 13 to 20 years old, um, at a, at a young adult mental health and healing facility. And, and it's, um, one of the most heartbreaking yet heart-filling experiences doing these hour-long sessions with both young men and young women um, and hearing stories like that and seeing the cuts on the arms and the suicide at actual attempts at such an early age or the overdoses or, you know, kids that have been in detention centers. So um, it helps, you know, I find when people like you or I or anybody that's, we're all human, so we've all gone through our own struggles and pain. And when we share that, and I know a lot of my audience is younger, to hear from someone like yourself that took that and was able to turn it into something beautiful, like, that is inspiring. So I appreciate your, your vulnerability in sharing that. It's, it, uh, it is touching and, uh, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad Tracy's here. You know, we're all we're all here today. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? But here we are. As Ram Das would say, we're here now, and uh, and I'm pretty psyched about that. So, your first album. Tell me about that. You know, the writing process. You guys, like it's like we talked about already. You were solo, and you were touring a bit together, or, or doing vocals, and then you decided, all right, let's do this thing. So, um. What was that like for you guys? You want, me, want me to take it? <laughs> um, yeah, well, um, well, we started playing. Um, we kind of set out. I had, I had, I had just had, I had had shoulder surgery and hadn't really been playing upright bass. Um, and I just gotten started being able to actually play the instrument again. Mm. I was trying to get back in and was like, well, I really can't play like straight ahead jazz gigs right now. It'd be like way too much. And I'd blow my shoulder back out and whatever. And, and, and so part of it was that where I was thinking of getting back into bass playing or trying to get, find a way to get back into that. We were also playing, you know, gigs, as we said, uh, as separate solo artists on tour and I think kind of the, the biggest thing was when we started to sing together, we realized like, wow, there's a really cool thing that just naturally happens with the two timbres of our voices. It creates something bigger than the one, which is which is um, which is really cool when it locks up and happens. There's that magic thing of like, wow, they're they really just interlock and, and um kind of the stuff that's missing in my voice is is the stuff in her voice and vice versa and it kind of creates this whole um so yeah we started originally it was it was kind of the the idea was that it was going to be julia's solo project Mm -hmm. um and and i was just going to play bass in her (laughs) band and then we started playing some of my songs like oh this is really becoming more of a duo and are we going to call it you know julia autumn ford 
or are we going to call Julian Ford and Tracy Walton, or do we actually make a duo? And and we did. It was actually my record release for my last album that we played at the Warner Theater in Torrington. Yep. Julia played on the gig, and we ended up doing like a four song set. Yep. And it was that was July eighteenth of two thousand fifteen, and of July nineteenth, we were Bell of the Fall and said wow. like that's it. Like, and I haven't done a solo gig since, and, and she hasn't. We kind of just said, we're all in, let's do this thing. and yeah. um, So that was it, and we started the first. It's funny, now that we have the second album about to be released, the first album was still, it feels, at least to, to us, like we were still trying to find like what was Bell of the Fall. It, it sounds a little bit like two solo artists coming together. Yeah. And a lot of the songs on the album were written, like we wrote as solo artists for our solo projects. Sure. We, I think there were only like a couple songs on there that were actually written like for Bell of the Fall. And this oh. album is all songs that we either co-wrote or were written for Bell of the Fall. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing to it. Like now I'm writing with her voice in mind and... and I don't really write solo songs anymore. I've never, I never thought of that. There were just songs, and now it's like immediately I'm saying like, oh, I, I can hear the harmony, or or I can at least hear her singing on it. Yeah. Um, she writes better harmonies than I do, so I usually just leave it up to her and and have at it. So yeah, so that was the first album that came out. You guys basically lived on the road for quite a while, if I'm not mistaken. Like really pushing it, correct? Yeah, we did a lot. I mean, we did, I think it was in the 170, 180 shows, whatever, in 23 states. We did South by Southwest. We went, uh, so we did Austin and back. We did Wisconsin and back. We did Florida and back. So, um, you know, we did most of the states east of the Mississippi um, yeah. and a couple couple west of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, we worked it hard and, and, uh, yeah, we're excited to have a new album coming out and, um, and it took a while. So a lot of these songs are actually older songs too. (laughs) Like it was, it took us a while. We're already sick of playing them. Yeah. I I know that. We already have new we already have new songs too. I know yeah. where it's like, man, I'm ready to, you know? Yeah. Cause I remember seeing you guys like at least a year ago and you're like, here's a new one that's not on the album. And it's so I can imagine if it made it on the album, how sick. Cause I get that too, you know, being in bands and it's like writing a book, like my next book, um, it's been done for like over six months and I'm over it already, you know, and I haven't even yeah. released it yet. And it's, it's sure. so it's similar thing, you know, it's just like, Oh, and then I have to do my own like little book tour thing and, and uh, read and, you know, different avenues, but very similar. And being a musician, you know, too, I, I get it. So, um, but I'm excited. I'm very, very excited to hear the new record. Um, would you guys, we're going to be, we discussed this, you're going to gift the audience with a couple of songs. I figure we'll do one now and then chat a little bit more and then we could do another one. But um, if you want to, do one off the old album just to give people a feel that's cool if not if you want to just stick to the newer material to promote that that's cool like i leave it up to you guys um as i mentioned honestly it might be cool because because uh that you already talked about it maybe we should do don't give up on me yeah i love that song yeah that'd be great yeah if you want to do that and then uh 
And we already know, Julia, thank you for kind of giving the backstory. And now for people to actually hear it, um, I think that'll really put it, you know, give them the full picture. It's a, it's a gorgeous song. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, what? Uh, it's just crazy that it was the first song she wrote, you know? I know. Uh, yeah, it absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. So we'll get a quick sound check just to make sure it's not distorted. Yeah, I, turned down, I turned it down a little bit and I'm going to bring this back. Kiduk. The mic is back a little bit. There's no visual for anyone listening, but I moved the microphone um, for those of you um, in podcast land. Yes, yes we and can I'm, hear you're quieter. So, yes. The is loud, so, mm-hmm. and I'm louder anyway. So, I guess I kind of also want to say I never shared this portion of the story, but I feel like maybe this is a good platform because I never really had, um, I never thought it was my part of the story to share, but my best friend actually makes it appearance in this song. Um, she's been my best friend since like sixth grade. We were born in the same day in the same hospital, less than 20 minutes apart. So we actually were hanging out in a nursery and then reconnected in sixth grade. And, um, you yeah, know, we were like inseparable and, and still are inseparable and best friends. But um, she was actually really depressed at the time that I was, um, the time that I was really depressed when I was 16. And uh, she kind of disappeared for a few days and I was like, that's really not like her. We talk like 24 seven and are always together. So I I realized a few days later, she told me that she had actually tried to commit suicide um, Mm. and her parents had to bring her to the hospital. And so she was staying there and uh, she had no idea what I was going through. And I had no idea what she was going through, even though we spent like so much time together and talked about everything. Um, So yeah, you never know what people are going through. Yeah. No. So that's thank you. Thanks for adding. That just makes the song even deeper. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, when you whenever you guys are ready, we'll get a quick sound check just to make sure uh, it's the levels are all right. Cause we want to make sure the audience gets a nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the gain can go down just a tiny bit more. Um, it's a little more the bass than the guitar, but other than that, it was it was pretty good. That's why I was kind of Sam. I'll go off camera. <laughs> this is a loud bass. So. It is a loud bass. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds great.
<laughs> Absolutely incredible. As I continue to cough from my um, flu slash now downgraded to cold. Um, that's amazing. And that's the first song, you know, like that you wrote. I'm My mind is blown. Um, as you're playing it, you know, I'm thinking back to the first time I had seen you guys play and then um, your record release and uh, and getting the album. And it's one of those albums that I still listen to to this day. I, I absolutely love it. But sometimes I intentionally won't listen to it because I get the song stuck in my head. And it drives it's it's not that I don't love the songs. I, I love them. It's just I hate when I can't get a song out of my head, no matter how good it is. And it's there like all day, all day. So it just it speaks volumes to, to you guys. Um, um, so thank you very much for for performing that. It's amazing. Um, before I forget, and we'll mention this again at the end, because I would be shocked if anyone just heard that and did not want to purchase the year old and new album. Uh, what's your website? Belloffall.com. B-E-L-L-E. Can we raise the game back up? I forgot. Um, sorry. Try that. Is that okay? Is that better? Yep. Actually, drop it down just a tiny bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay. There. How's that? Yeah, yeah. There we go. So the website again was? Belloffthefall.com. And that's B-E-L-L-E. B-E-L-L-E. Offthefall.com. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, I encourage anyone listening, please go check it out. And you guys are always on the road, uh, touring all over. Um, check them out if if they're in your area. You, so let's talk about the new record. Um, what changed from writing the first album? Or, yeah, the first album. I know you mentioned, like, now, Tracy, you're writing with Julia's harmonies in mind, and, and you've kind of come together, and you're writing together rather than two separate artists bringing songs together. Aside from that, what was the writing process like and recording and um, and all that jazz? Um, well, the writing process, we, okay, so we didn't really collaborate that much on this album, I guess <laughs> I should say Okay, that. I appreciate the transparency. We're not really big co- I'm not really a big co-writer. I think Tracy's better at it than I am. I like to, like, be secluded and kind of in my own world when I write. So, we kind of just, yeah, write songs on our own and bring each other, like, pieces of a song or an idea, um, or a finished song. And kind of get the other person's opinion on it or, um, you know, work out the rest of the song with the other person. I think, wasn't there one song we co-wrote on this album? Um, not that I know of. No. Yeah, no, I was thinking of Diamonds in the Rock, but yeah. that, that's not on this album. That's not on any of our but we, But we do, we do kind of... Um, yeah, we don't really co-write, but we definitely make them Bell of the Fall tunes. Like my right. songs would be the same without her input. Right. And I, and I think hers wouldn't be um hers would be closer, I think. Yeah, I don't know. But I think, you know, um yeah, I think Julia still um writes Julia songs, you know? Um <laughs> it's cool. If there's, well, there's, no. I, I don't write really harmonies, I guess. Yeah. If that's what you mean. Yeah, I think you write like 
solo songs and you just well, play them with our band. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're more like, you're more technical about songwriting, I think. So you're like, this is the kind of song I want to write or this is what I want to write about or, you know, you sit down and like think about it more. I think I kind of just like, it happens and then the song is over with and I only wrote my vocal because I only have my vocal up at that moment, you know? Sure. Maybe? Um, maybe I'm just I don't super know. No, I think I no, no. I, I think you're super pretentious, but it's not your fault. No, I'm just kidding. She's not pretentious. No, I know um, she's not. Yeah. I think I think I think there's kind of two parts to this band. There's like the the kind of Julia solo songs, you know what I mean, or the, where she sings lead. Yep. Um, and there's the harmony songs. You know yep. what I mean? There's kind of two things, and I think different people like us for different reasons you right. know and i think both it, it's kind of cool that we have those two things it's not just one deal you know where you know there's people that really like the harmony stuff but then all of a sudden you're like wow that's a totally different sound when she's just singing lead and i sing right. lead on a couple songs but it's it's a little different i guess um yeah. you know i like to tell people like at this point if my back is turned and someone says, wow, your voice is amazing. I don't turn around anymore. You know, I know they're talking. Oh. It's just like, okay, that's, you know. Uh, so, and she does. I mean, she has, she's, um, she has a great voice. Yes. She has a great timbre to her voice. And she can also really sing. Yes. You know? and, I, and I like to tell people, like, I have a really interesting voice. Um, and I think I, I, I'm a good storyteller. Yeah. Um, you captivate the crowd. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, and I can, I, I can, I, I'm believable, but I'm not like a, a technically like, wow, I'm going to wow you as this amazing singer where Julia has the whole package as a singer. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so anyways, that's kind of it. Like it's, it's, um, there's, you know, a couple songs on there. I think it, it's pretty clear when you hear one of her tunes that it's it's kind of in a different voice and has a thing and and I think my songs have a different thing but um, yeah I think yeah it's just we're, we we um, yeah we don't co-write a lot I guess <laughs> well, that's fair enough I Tracy I love your voice I think you sing. I think you sing great. Um, I do agree. Like I've heard some of your solo material and I can tell it's, it's definitely sounds different than Bell of the Fall versus Julia's solo stuff where it does sound a bit more Bell of the Fall. Um, I think you have a great voice, though. You are a great storyteller. Julia's voice is I always considered it this hauntingly beautiful. That's how I describe it. Like it just sometimes literally sends like shivers up my spine and um that's part of why I wanted to have you guys on the show is not only do I love your music, but um, so, you know, this is hosted on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network. And that's typically it's mind, body, spirit podcast. I know you guys wouldn't necessarily consider yourselves a spiritual band and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But when I personally listen to your music, I find myself having a spiritual experience, you know, because I don't limit what I define spirituality as to it has to sound a certain way or look a certain way or smell a certain way. You know, it, it is what it is for each of us. It's a highly individualized process. Even Ram Dass himself says that. I mean, it, there were times not too many years ago where I was playing 
in two different bands. I was doing a two-piece kirtan band, which is a traditionally like in the Indian Hindu tradition of bhakti yoga, where it's basically devotional music singing to Hindu gods. And the female, uh, I would play drums and my female cohort would play harmonium and sing. And we would mash these songs. Like we would do these chants and then like take like a U2 song and, and, and put that in there and then go back and, you know, try to like make it more contemporary. And then at the same time, I'm doing this two piece doom metal band where like I, I've always usually played guitar or drums in bands, but I, I bought a bass and I bought this electro harmonics distortion pedal and just, I was basically playing guitar parts on the bass, like drop detuning, super heavy, super stony, doomy. But that also to me was very spiritual and cathartic. You know, I was singing about these, um, some, and certain songs were about Kali, a Hindu goddess. Certain songs were about my addiction and recovery process. But regardless, it was all cathartic and healing and spiritual. So all that being said, um, and Julie, I know I've seen pictures of you wearing shawls with like omens on them and whatnot. But do you guys find um, any spiritual, I mean, ties? I know you're not writing hindu songs or you know singing to these various deities per se but you know do you find any spiritual experiences as you're writing um or performing or um is there any tie whatsoever that you find to to your music i i mean like i said personally i do but in your experience yeah absolutely i think music itself is just um a very spiritual thing. One guy was at one of our shows one time. I forget what we were playing. But he came up to us after. Or maybe it was just me. I don't remember. But he came up afterwards and said, um, you know, he loved us and, and whatnot. And then he was saying that uh, music is the only thing in the world that can change your brain chemistry mm. without physically touching you. Wow. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, you can listen to a song and become sad. You can listen to a song and become happy. You can listen to a song and become angrier or whatever. You know, it definitely affects your emotions and stuff. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I definitely feel super spiritual when I'm, like, playing and, and singing specifically, I think, just because I've been doing it since I could make noise, really. Yeah. Well, as the audience heard you, it's a very soulful when you sing. I mean, it's you, you're not just singing. It's like you, you, it's like the whole embodiment of Julia is coming out of you vocally. That's my what I take from it, at least. That's how I feel. I feel like that's when I'm like plugged into the world and like super connected is when I'm singing. Yeah. So yeah, and I think writing too because I feel like, um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I feel like I feel like if there's anything in the world that's closest to magic, I think it's music and songwriting because you can literally like take ideas and experiences and visualizations and, and whatever it is in your mind you can take and make it into this not necessarily uh, yeah not necessarily physical but like a malleable thing. Yeah. You know, just with the power of your own mind. It's like, it's literally like magic writing a song. So, yeah, I think music is pretty spiritual. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Tracy, what are your thoughts? 
Um, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I definitely mm-hmm. think singing harmonies is there's a spiritual thing that happens there when like two voices lock together and create something again bigger than the, the you know than the single voice. They become two and kind of do that thing. Um, so yeah, I think so, and I think both of us come at it from that same thing of of um, music was kind of the thing that saved both of us. So I think spiritually, like um, we both come at music from the same way. Mm. Um, you know, where um, you know music was kind of the thing that took me out of um, all the spots I was in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, in that way, for me, that was kind of, you know, um, yeah, the thing that kind of um, channeled uh, all the destructive stuff. And because and, I'm still, yeah, I guess, you know, for me, being I'm, I'm an addict, so um, the uh, music is is still an addiction but at least it's it's fairly healthy for me yes true for the most part it can be unhealthy even still to this day i I still you know obsess way too much at times and and when we get into making records i lose my mind and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah she says "Uh (laughs) uh-huh but that's you know that's it, it was kind of the thing that said okay i can um yeah, I can process stuff and 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 uh, and deal with with all the stuff I'm going through. That's yeah. what music was for me. So yeah, um, so yeah, there's certainly a spirituality in that. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, what you both said resonates. And and as you're talking, Tracy, I was thinking about when you mentioned Minor Threat and Black Flag as early influences. I uh, came into the punk and hardcore music scene a little bit later. So it was more like bands like Snapcase or Bloodlet or Neurosis and Dead Guy, bands you guys probably don't even know. But, you know, it was like the next generation of these hardcore bands, Earth Crisis, Hatebreed, etc. And I'll never forget the feeling of the first time like a friend played that kind of music for me. It was like it completely cut like right to my core, like the raw passion of that music. And... It wasn't until several years later, and I'm talking maybe like 10 years later, that I heard um, there's a Kirtan musician named Krishna Das, who also has a show on this network, wonderful Grammy-nominated musician. And I'll never forget the first time I heard one of his records. And it, it was the only other time I had that same experience with music, where it completely cut right through me, like right to my heart center. And it helped me recognize, holy shit, my introduction to punk rock and hardcore was actually a very spiritual experience. I just didn't have the context to put around it. And so that's why I always say like, it doesn't need to look a certain way or sound a certain way. I mean, I've written about and I've talked about on the show having literal spiritual experiences at a Slayer concert or Motorhead or Van Halen. And I mean like full on like non-dual like, Everything in the world is gone except um, Eddie Van Halen playing a 20-minute guitar solo. Like, to the point where I almost fell into the seats in front of me because, I like, my body, like, kind of lost control of itself. And I was completely sober. It was just this incredible, incredible experience. So 
I yeah, therein lies the beauty of music. You know, it's it's from the heart, it's from the soul. There's a great quote from Vonnegut that I of course can't remember verbatim, but he says something to the effect of like, if anyone ever needed proof that there is a God, and I know God's a loaded word, so replace it with whatever you choose to, um, there is music. Now, again, that's not verbatim, but it's something to the effect of that's it. And Julie, I love what you said. Absolutely. Like music, it changes us happy, sad, you know, it just, it has such a deep impact on us and our lives. And, uh, and there are actually certain records that I can't listen to anymore because I've been through such dark experiences and there were albums I would play over and over and over again that if I hear songs from those albums, they emotionally bring me back there. And it's unfortunate because they were albums I loved, but it's just, and maybe one day I can go back to it, but um, that's how powerful it is, especially being a musician, you know, like, um, but then again, for anyone in general. So Anyways, that's my little spiel about my take on spirituality and music. Um, and in the Vonnegut realm, he's 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 responsible. One of the best songs I ever wrote. I feel no kidding. Never for anyone. What was um, it? Sorry, it's one of the best songs I've ever written. Yeah, I feel. Um, and actually, Julia's heard it. I shouldn't say that. Julia heard it because I wrote it in front of her. Oh, okay. But there's. Cool. There's a cool. We were in the we we're in the van, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song right now, and I'll never play it again. I'm only gonna play it one time, uh, and it's a Vonica experiment or not experiment, but it was it was a, a sixth grade class wrote to Kurt Vonnegut. You can find this online. Yeah. They wrote to him and, and wanted his advice on it. What one kid wrote, I guess. They wrote to a bunch of people. No one wrote back, but Kurt Vonnegut wrote back. Wow. And said, here's my because I want you all to go home and write something um, from your heart, write a story, write whatever, and then I want you to tear it up and throw it out and never tell it to anyone. Never let anyone see it. Don't show your parents. Don't show your teachers. Don't show anyone. And then you will actually experience art for art's sake. You'll, you'll actually, um, he says it much more eloquently than right. I do. But it's, the whole point is you're actually making art for the sake of just making art. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of wanted to do it with an album. I wanted to make an entire album. I still want to. I want to make an album and I want to just and, and then have like a bonfire party and listen to it one time and then throw the album in the fire and never it never gets heard again. Wow. I love that. Masterpiece. <laughs> and then just like, you know, burn it after that. It just becomes what it is. So. Um, but anyways, it was a really good song and I just said, that was it. I, I made the deal with Vonnegut and it's never been played again. So that's a re you should do that. That makes me think of those Tibetan or not just Tibetan, but monks who take hours or sometimes days to make those beautiful sand mandalas. And then the minute it's done, they just wipe it clean. You know, it's gone like impermanent. It's the same, it's the same kind of principle. Yeah. I, I, I think that's beautiful. Well, I'm going to stay on top of you about that. I think it'd be a great experience. Maybe the next album. Maybe the next album. We'll ne just play it once. Not <laughs> <That's> a whole <laughs> album. Way too hard. It'd take way too long to make. And no. Yeah. I'll yeah. make a, swap, a solo album in like a couple of days. That's a, that's a cool idea. 
All right. So that being said, we're starting to run down on time, and I know you have the new album coming out. What's what's the official release date for that? April sixth. Yeah. So by the time this 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 airs, it might be like tomorrow. Actually, yeah. So this will. I I thought it was sooner than that. So wonderful that this will air before it releases. Um, your official record release party is at Infinity Hall in Norfolk, Connecticut. Is that right? And That's is twenty second. And what's the date? Sorry, April twenty Sunday, April twenty second. Okay, and that's at what was that like six seven o'clock? Seven o'clock. Yeah. So, anyways, people can find that or all of your other many many shows again at belloftheFall.com. Um, would you guys do us the honor of playing a song from the new record? Are you comfortable yeah. with that? Absolutely. Yeah. No, we're 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 uh, professional musicians. We're comfortable. <laughs> you certainly. <laughs> are. All right. So let's uh, let's reset that uh, the mic in the yeah. gain and. Um, Okay, cool. What do you, what we didn't talk about this? There's Let's do nothing left to lose. Okay. Is there a before we do it? Is there a, a story behind it? This is one. Um, it's it's um, it's an abstract look at really specific events um, that happened uh, on tour. that happened on a tour. We wrote this. Um, on a rare occasion where Julia was driving. Okay. Um, I was in the passenger seat and started this tune. And uh, we started it in North Carolina, I believe. And the first stop, we were at um, a club called Moonlight on the Mountain. Or is that right? That was in Alabama. That was in at Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And then we went our way to South by Southwest. And by the time the tour was over, the song was done. Um so yeah, it's it's a That's look simple. at it's a look at specific events in a tour, but very abstractly. All right, cool. So yeah, we'll move the mic, drop the gain down a little bit, and uh, right. I don't know, maybe more just because this one builds. This one gets know. all loud. Sounds okay on my end. Okay, this is nothing left to lose off of the new record. All right, nothing left to lose.
Wowzers. Thank you very much. Man, thank you guys very much. Um, just thanks. Yep, raise that gain up a little bit again. Um, that was back up. Now, that okay, gain wise. Actually, yeah, that's fine. We're good. We're good. Um, okay. That was incredible. Um, I can't wait to see you guys at your release show and get the new album. Amazing. Um, so, man, I, I like. I'm literally speechless after that one. It was gorgeous. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, that one has a bunch of like, um, bunch of spiritual kind of. The imagery, I think, at least, is like you know, um, has that vibe to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to put into words. I guess that's why I write sure. songs. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it. Like I think music does that. I think it. 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 Um. It has the ability to say things that words can't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but it also expresses it in a different way, you know? Um, yeah, it, 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 it reaches things on a higher level, I guess. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Basically, the only music I do now is I write my own solo ambient music that has no... I, I can't sing, so there's no vocals. Um, I'll put some effects pedals down for extra ambience, but it's, a, it's a, just a further expression of my own you know, what I can't say with words. And, and I often, when I do my own talks or workshops, will do music meditations, you know, it's, well, yeah, we've done a, a performance together. So you guys yeah. have heard some of it. And, um, and actually, yeah, I have that on my computer still. And, and uh, I have meditated to it a few times. And it, it's very, even though there aren't words in, in uh, any story going on, it is very like emotional feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Definitely. Yeah, and that's the beauty of music. Um, and I did want to say really quickly to the audience that what you're hearing does not do justice because, you know, you're recording on a, one microphone in a hotel room. We're on Skype. It, I mean, it sounds clear, but it's it doesn't do justice to a recorded album or seeing you guys live. So I highly recommend buying the album checking you guys out on youtube you have tons of fun videos checking out your website and not only that um i love following you guys on instagram and facebook because you're always posting fun videos from the van and just random stuff so can you tell people also your facebook and instagram aside from your website if you yeah, know bo it both of those both you can link from the website to those but okay. both of those are about our bell of the fall. Okay. So, you know, facebook.com backslash bell of the fall and same thing for Instagram. Perfect. So, and again, uh, bell is B E L L E of the fall. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and so this actually, this album starts and ends with, with a, with an instrumental, um, yeah. Meditation piece. Yeah. Basically. It's like, an it's almost like, to me, it's like an opening prayer almost or an opening. Yeah. Like um, an invocation. In a way. And it's really only one. The outro is actually the intro played backwards. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I remember you guys, I don't know if I've heard it or you were telling me that's what you were working on, but. Um, yeah, yeah, when we played the. Um, we played it with um, in, in Hartford there. The thing. Uh, in Toivo, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the toy, the toy drive. Yeah. Um, 
we we played that that intro. Okay, yes, so I do remember. Which I, which I wanted to call um, our own Monty Padme, but Julia wouldn't let me. Oh, Julia, it's a beautiful <laughs> See, Buddhist right? mantra. And I think I told you this story because, and that was it. It was like it, it be, kind of became this mantra thing. Um, but I told you this story that I recorded um, a, an album for someone at the studio. Yeah. And they did, um, it was like, it was a, oh, a Monty yeah, they did that as a song yep. and sang it like 4,200 times yep. in a row. And then I had to mix that. So I heard it like 7,000 times. Right. So, and I was like, so over that, that phrase. Yeah. And I was having a horrible day and, um, and I spilled coffee all over your indie spiritual you're over your first book. Yeah, I actually you showed me that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I sp- I just wrecked the entire book. <laughs> but as I spilled coffee on it, opened to a page and that's it was the page. I forget what you were saying, but in big bold letters it said Oh Mari Padme in your first book. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like uh, yeah, it kind of just it, it took the whole day. I just I was hysterical cuz here I was with coffee all over me and all ruined your book. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just seemed too, too comical that, you know, it's, yeah, you've got to laugh at life and, and yeah. shit like that. It happens. Exactly. Um, but that was in big bull letters was almighty by me. Yeah. Um, so that was it. I felt like we finally had our own mantra and I wanted to call it our own Monty Padme, but, um, yeah, Julia wasn't having it. So. I mean, I, I can get down with some old Monty Padme whom, but I don't, I didn't like the, <laughs> I didn't like the joke on it. I it felt wasn't like... a joke. It was okay, like... yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. also though, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want. I didn't want our album to have a certain connotation. You know, I feel like sometimes uh... people would look at that and be like, "Oh, that's you know, whatever." I, I would rather just leave all that out, and you know. It's called. It's, I don't even it's remember now, what it's called. It's now no. called the Great Unknown. Oh, that's cool. That's still. And the outro is yeah. The outro is called the Outer of Bounds. Still pretty uh, spiritual shit if you look at it from a certain yeah. light. Yeah. Just yeah. everyone listening know that in my mind, in parentheses, <laughs> it's the great unknown parentheses, our own Mari Padme. I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> well, on that note, yeah, we're, we're out of time. Tracy and Julia, thank you both so much. Again, bellofthefall.com. Please check out their website. Check out their music. It is amazing you guys know in the audience i am very eclectic i love punk rock and hardcore and metal and hip-hop but um i also love me some very soulful how did you guys describe it it was was indie folk rock pop alternative americana duo so there you go that covers i mean but you guys (laughs) a little bit of everything (laughs) yeah a little bit of everything and and also so the audience knows you have upbeat stuff too um you know you have some really fun songs so you guys mix it up it's really um you guys are incredible so it's been a real honor to have you on the show i'm excited to share your your music and uh just a bit of your story with the audience over on the be here now network um and i guess that's it i Thank you guys for taking the time. I know you're on the road. I know you're tired, but uh, it means a lot. Thank you. Coming to you from North Carolina or Virginia or wherever the heck we are, we really appreciate this. Yeah, cool, man. Well, safe Uh, travels on the rest of your trip. And I personally look forward to seeing you guys uh, at your your record release show uh, coming up. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. 